and welcome to National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And we have made it to the final episode of National Treasure Hunt Season 6. Oh my. How, how are we here? Also, this particular season we have been recording for a long time. I... We've been recording for a long time. We've been recording all over the place. Not like location-wise, but like out of order sometimes. Oh, yeah. Keeping track of everything. Oh, it, It's been a wild, wild ride. We have almost as many bonus episodes this season as we do regular episodes. We do, which I, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't know if we can live up to that. That's going to be tough. Next season. <laughs> I know. Low-key, I've been worried about that. But I don't know. When we get the opportunity to record a bonus episode, we're going to take it. Oh, 100%. And we're <laughs> going to give it to you as soon as we can. So, Absolutely. Uh, thank you all for sticking with us throughout this season. We really appreciate you tuning in, listening to our content, sharing commenting on social media and hopefully we have some new listeners this season as well so please stick around there's more to come there is but aubrey you started this i feel like you need to be the one to announce it every time i mean it would be weird if you did right we're talking about our screens from parkington lane if you're somehow joining us for the season finale and this is your first time tuning in our screams from Parkington Lane are a regular recognition of how the National Treasure franchise has taken over mine and Emily's daily lives. We, like Shaw, have toppled over the edge of the pit beneath Parkington Lane in the first National Treasure film. But unlike Shaw, we're hoping we're not going to die as a result of it. We're just going to share fun stories with you about how National Treasure pops up in our daily lives. Emily, do you have a scream from Parkington Lane to share this week? Okay, so I do. Um, it's a weird one. <laughs> so, Aren't they all um, from you? Are they all not weird from you? They, they all are weird. But as you know, it's it, National Treasure has been coming up more and more in my life where I've been recognizing it. Um, so I have a distinct memory of being in church and hearing, reading something related to National Treasure. And I took out my phone during church to write this down. Now, I do not think I should have done that. One, because probably shouldn't be on my phone during church. And two, because I clearly wasn't paying enough attention to what I was typing to make it make sense. What did you type, Emily? (laughs) I have Monroe, signer of Declaration of Independence, in church now there are multiple things wrong with this one i think the in church just meant like that i was in church when i realized that i thought it would be an additional clue for me it is not also monroe did not sign the declaration of independence also which then makes me think that instead of signer it should say singer because there might have been a song written by someone named Monroe, but 
how did it relate to the Declaration of Independence is beyond me. So I promise this was an actual thing that I wrote down. I just don't know what it is. I declare this a half a scream. Oh my gosh. Aubrey, what's your scream? Okay, mine is, I mean, fairly tame, uh, but I kid you not, you know, this happened and I was like, of course this happened. You know, it was this season. We put out an episode, um, I think it was episode 56, that was a deep dive into U.S. coinage and how different coins relate to national treasure. And I got really, really excited by the Sacagawea golden dollar. Mm -hmm. Um, There were so many cool connections between that coin and the newer installments of the golden dollar um, commemorating different milestones in Native American history, etc. I just remember really harping on that a lot during that episode. And then literally days later, I was at work and I had like really low blood sugar. I had not eaten. It was bad. And so I went to a vending machine and got desperate and was like trying to buy me some chips, you know, but I only had a five and the machine took took fives. So I, you know, put in the $5 bill and I like punch in the little numbers, hoping and praying that my chips don't get stuck because of course that would happen. And then wait for my change and thinking it's going to spit out some dollar bills, right? No. It spits out change. And I'm like, oh my God, is this about to give me all quarters for a change? I feel like that's normally what happens. Uh, No, Emily. It gave me four Sacagawea golden dollars. What? Yeah. And now I have these and I don't know what to do with them. Uh, Save them? I mean, they're not worth anything. It's just they're worth a dollar. I know, but like, how are? I feel like if I tried to use them at a store, number one, what costs a dollar, right? So, like, how would I use that effectively? And number two, I feel like cashiers these days, especially young ones, probably have no idea what I'm handing them. (laughs) You know, they'd be like, "Uh, "I think this is a commemorative coin. I don't think you're supposed to be using this as currency." (laughs) And I'll be like, "Listen to episode fifty-six of National (laughs) Treasure Hunt." And then, I mean, I I could try, and then hopefully we get a new listener. You know. I mean, I think it's worth it. Um, If you have strong feelings about whether or not Aubrey should use this coin or these coins uh, when she goes to purchase something, let us know. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. Um, You can find all of our information about really anything that we do on our website, nthuntpodcast.com. And please go ahead and, if you have not, order our book, National Treasure Hunt, One Step Short of Crazy, at TuckerDSPress.com. Okay, so when it came time to plan the finale of this season of National Treasure Hunt, we were thinking, okay, we've talked to experts from Mount Vernon, from the National Archives, from the Library of Congress, Mount Rushmore, and Independence Hall, all quintessential locations for the National Treasure films. Who are we going to talk to now? Who do we want to hear from? Who do we want to learn from? And one particular location came to mind, in part because it's in a city that appears in National Treasure, but doesn't get the same attention as a Philadelphia or as a Washington, D.C. So we turned our attention to Trinity Church in New York City. Of course, you all know Trinity Church as really the location where the Templar treasure is ultimately found, well, found beneath, but nonetheless, at the end of the first National Treasure film. And we just had to learn more. I don't know, and personally, 
I was very excited about this because Trinity Church and the scene there did inspire the Screams from Parkington Lane segment on our podcast that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, And I know this is a church. You already talked about churches once today. I'm imagining this was exciting for you too. I was going to say my main excitement, and you'll hear this (laughs) in the episode, is the fact that it's a church. (laughs) And I just really like old churches i mean and this one's pretty old it is even if you count the third time that it was rebuilt yes i mean much more on that in just a few moments but first it is my pleasure to introduce you to our guest of the day marissa mags the archivist at trinity church wall street now marissa was an absolute delight you're really going to enjoy learning from her in in just a few minutes um but i really appreciated her candor about like yes i've seen national treasure no i haven't seen the second one um but i think that it is a great piece of media that can spark interest in history even if especially the parts at trinity church as you'll learn are often a little more fabricated indeed so what will you get as a listener from this episode I would say from the historical perspective, um, we learn a lot of interesting information, including which Declaration of Independence signer is buried in the Trinity Church graveyard. You will also learn about the key differences between the real version and movie version of Trinity Church. And perhaps one of the more interesting tidbits for our National Treasure Hunters here what might have inspired the plot point in the film surrounding the Parkington Lane crypt? This one might surprise you. All that and more coming your way. Absolutely. So, hey, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Marissa Maggs to National Treasure Hunt. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today here on National Treasure Hunt. We are very excited to talk to you. Um, Wondering if you could get us started by introducing yourself, your background, and what you do at Trinity Church Wall Street. Sure. So my name is Marissa Maggs. I'm the archivist here at Trinity Church Wall Street. Uh, That means that Myself and my team are responsible for collecting and maintaining all 326 years of Trinity's history. Uh, in terms of background, before I, st- I joined Trinity in 2019, before I was here, I did a project at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture, which is one of the research libraries of the New York Public Library. And then before that, I had short-term sort of positions that's pretty standard to the industry. So yeah, that's my background. Very cool. Um, So you mentioned the, you know, the long amount of history that you are kind of responsible for. Can you tell us a bit about the history of Trinity Church? Like what are some key moments in the church's story that our listeners might be interested in? Sure. So first to set the stage, Trinity is an Episcopal church. Um, we get asked that a lot. Is this Catholic? Is this, you know, it's Episcopal. Uh, so the first church was built by a small group of Anglicans, members of the Episcopal church in 1697. Um 
That church burnt down in the Great Fire of 1776, which burned somewhere between between 10 and 25% of all the buildings in the city at that time. Obviously, of course, Manhattan or New York, as there was no other time, it was a much smaller city, but that's still a lot. Uh, the second church uh, was built in, finished in 1790. Uh, it was not long for this world. It was torn down in 1838 uh, after some heavy snow damaged the roof. They said this isn't worth replacing or wasn't worth fixing. Let's replace it. So the current church that stands on the site is the third church. Um, it was consecrated in 1846. Uh, the architect is Richard Upjohn. Um, if anyone is, you know, he's a well-known architect. If anyone is local to New York, he also designed the entrance arch at Greenwood Cemetery. So if you go to Greenwood Cemetery, it looks exactly like <laughs> Trinity Church. Anyway, it's a neo-Gothic style. So high arches, things like that, uh, which was not particularly popular at the time uh, when it was built, but... Uh, the other th thing that people may or may not know is that Trinity Parish also includes St. Paul's Chapel, uh, which is just a few blocks north on Broadway. That was consecrated in 1766, and that building is still the same building. Uh, it's the oldest public building still in use in the city. So it has, you know, almost just as much history as Trinity Church does. So, oh yeah. That's wild. Uh, the, yeah. the history there, I, I feel like we could dive into so much here, but maybe I could ask you a personal question. Do you have a fun historical fact or tidbit that's like your personal favorite thing affiliated with Trinity Church? Oh, boy. Uh, well, my favorite item that we have in the archives <laughs> is sort of related to this. So in the Great Fire of 1776, Trinity burnt down, but St. Paul's Chapel was saved by what we're told is by a bucket brigade, uh, you know, what do you want to say, passing buckets of water from the Hudson, which, again, if you're familiar with the area, feels very far away. But at the time, the Hudson was only about a block away from the back door because Manhattan has been built up over time. So they they doused the roof of St. Paul's Chapel with buckets of water. And we have a leather water bucket that it's painted on the front 1760. Oh, I don't remember what it is, 1768 or something like that. So we don't have anything that says, yes, this was used, but we have no reason to believe that it was not used in that bucket brigade um, in the, you know, during the Great Fire. So it was found by a staff member less than 20 years ago in the steeple of the church. Now, I don't, in the rafters, I don't know, I don't think it was there since the fire do you know what i mean because actually the yeah. steeple of saint paul's was added later um but still it, it had just been sitting there so uh that is my personal favorite item which i feel like is a sort of a fun tidbit about the history of trinity wow that's so cool <laughs> are i mean i don't know if you can top that one mm -hmm. but like are there any other like treasures that visitors might be able to see or learn about at trinity church sure if um if somebody was to visit, yeah, the the church, I would say in terms of treasure, if you're going to visit the church, treasures there are really going to be the building itself um, because, you know, 1846, it's one of the older buildings in the city. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, I mean, the building itself is great. The stained glass window behind the altar 
um, is also notable. Um, it depicts Jesus and the apostles, uh, and it's some of the first stained glass in the United States because when it was installed, like I said earlier, the Neo-Gothic was not a popular style necessarily at the time, but it was just sort of coming to the United States and with it came stained glass. So before that point, there really wasn't any stained glass. And so that is also original to the church. Uh, we're very lucky to have that. Uh, there's also a new stained glass window um, on the other side of the church that's facing Broadway that was just installed this uh, past year. It's designed by the artist Thomas Denny. It illustrates the parable of the talents from the gospel according to Matthew. Um, and it's quite striking because you have the older stained glass um, in, on the you know other side of the church and then facing Broadway. It's a very sort of modern looking piece. So that is definitely worth seeing. You, the best view might be if you cross to the other side of Broadway and then you get you can look up at it. Um, let's see. There's also uh, some highlights are the altar and the rarados. Um, so I know rarados isn't a term that a lot of people know. It's basically a screen. It's it's funny to call this enormous piece a screen, but it's behind the altar. Um, so both and it's sort of like a sculptural piece. It's hard to explain with, <laughs> without you seeing it. Um, but the two items were donated in 1876 by John J. Astor and William Astor in memory of their father, William Backhouse Astor. And the Raridos was so large that it required an addition to be built on the back of the church. Um, so that also gives you insight into the Astors, were, uh, which as a name more people might know, uh, were very involved in Trinity um, all of them. There's a lot and they were all <laughs> involved in uh, in Trinity. So those are some interesting pieces. The Raridos is very detailed, all kinds of carvings and symbolism and things like that. So uh, yeah, those are just a few items. Well, now I want to go like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> right? Good. I mean, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, I mean... just golf work for the rest of the week. And yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> Up to New York. Um, yeah. Well, and we also know, and this is, I think, very National Treasure-esque, that there's uh, some connections with some of America's founding fathers or even other notable figures from early American history when it sure. comes to Trinity Church. So what can you tell us about that? Sure. So most notably, I would say Trinity is pretty well connected with Alexander Hamilton. Um, he is buried in Trinity's churchyard um, alongside his wife and Angelica uh, is also buried here in a separate vault, not with them. Um, he paid for a pew for his family, which was standard at the time. Pews had to be rented. So you would come to church and you would sit in the same pew that you paid money for. Uh, that was a practice until the early 20th century. So he paid for a pew um, for his family here. We don't have any records of Alexander actually attending services. Um, so we use the term churchman when we talk about him because he was involved in the workings of the church, but it is what it is. Um, he Several of his children were also baptized here. We have baptism records that go back that far. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the general Hamilton connection. Um, John Jay also rented a pew here um, and was involved in the workings of Trinity Church. And then the other Notable one is the only signer of the Declaration of Independence who is buried in Manhattan is at Trinity. And that man's name is Francis Lewis. So um, those are kind of the, those are the big names. There are other, I mean, 
for Hamilton people, Hercules Mulligan is also buried here. I believe he's yeah. at Saint in the churchyard of St. Paul's Chapel. Um, okay. So those are kind of, yeah, those are the big sort of early New York people, but really the, especially the churchyard can be kind of a who's who of New York in the 18th and early 19th century. Yeah, I I mean, this is going to sound weird, but I have, it, no, it will, trust me. <laughs> I have a bit of a fascination with cemeteries and graveyards. This um, is not weird. This okay. is not weird. You're talking to an archivist. This is not weird. Okay, I, and I like, I, I've learned through other podcasts that I've listened to, like what the difference is between the two, but uh -huh. like, I just love visiting them Aubrey and I I believe have actually visited some together um and we've gone around and looked for names that we recognize just from history and stuff so mm -hmm. the thought of like visiting and then just kind of walking about and seeing all of these different names has me very excited yeah the church I mean I say it's not weird because the churchyards are one of my personal favorite things here it's fascinating to me so not to sort of get off uh topic here but so trinity's um churchyard there is a north churchyard and a south churchyard on either side of the church trinity is at the intersection of broadway and wall street it's common lore that wall street was a wall like when um you know in early new york so all this is to say that Trinity's North Churchyard was the city's burial ground long before it was Trinity's churchyard. Um, so probably about 50 years or so because it was outside of city limits. So, and it was standard to bury your dad outside of city limits. So the, so we, there are so many people who've been buried there over the years that we have no record of. Um, but the oldest existing stone in the churchyard actually predates Trinity. <laughs> Really? I think it, yeah it's a, a five-year-old boy named Richard Churcher and oh it's six I want to say it's 1685 is the date so it doesn't predate by much but it just shows that th this was an active burial ground before Trinity even was an idea you know what I mean so yeah fascinating stuff wow <laughs> uh well you mentioned Wall Street and Broadway like right mm -hmm. in that right in that little bit there and um i'm not sure if you are aware of this or not um but wall street and broadway is you know a big part of the national treasure films so just on the record ha yeah. have you seen uh national treasure uh sure. one or both of them i definitely have never seen the sequel i okay. saw the original um you know, around the time that it came out. Um, so it's been a while, but I did, I brushed up a little bit before we had our conversation, so. Okay, and yeah. and something that we, we really enjoy asking <laughs> the experts that we're able to talk to at some of these historic locations um, is how did you, how did you or do you feel about the franchise? I imagine you, you weren't doing exactly what you're doing now. <laughs> no. um when the movie came out but yeah. kind of looking back on it now as an archivist how do you feel about it I feel fine about it <laughs> I think that they just the fact that there's a podcast about these films today I think shows that it they've held up you know um as opposed to maybe some other 
action comedies of the early 2000s. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think they're fun. You know what I mean? This is a great way, you know, having this conversation with you is a great way to clear up some of the, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to call them misconceptions because I feel like that's too serious. You know what I mean? But just sort of clear up things that had been said versus what's reality and that kind of thing. But yeah, no, I have a, I have a positive opinion of the films. That's great to hear. It's always interesting because some people are like, you know, honestly, not many people we talk to are like, oh, no, we hate the fact that this exists. But if you do some digging online, there are archivists, there are some others that are like, we cannot accept anything that is misrepresented historically ever. And it's like, okay, but like, this is also Hollywood and yeah, that'd be exciting. So it's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's just meant to be fun. It's not, you know, if they were out there saying nope we found new information and this is 100 percent fact we'd have to say okay come on but no it's it's a fun movie it's all good all right well i'm glad yeah. we're on the same page there with that so you know we have had the pleasure of speaking with uh some of the creators of the franchise in the past and we understand that some of them actually visited trinity church when they were developing their story for the first film i'm wondering if you or even any of your colleagues um have any recollections of their visit or like what were they interested in what questions did they ask was there anything that particularly intrigued them any stories that have been passed down as you've taken yeah. on this role i hate to be a bummer but no i don't know anything that's fair <laughs> I, I looked into this i really didn't see you know what i think happened and i don't want to break the fourth wall here but um I think Hamilton came in and kind of like blew everything out of the water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the whatever response, I do think they did used to get questions related to National Treasure and I guarantee it happened much closer to when the film came out. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, so I've never gotten a question about it. I, as far as I know, my the predecessor did not really get any questions about it. So um, okay. yeah, I don't really have, much insight on that for you i'm sorry no no don't apologize that's okay yeah. it's it's also interesting because um we know that they filmed exterior shots of trinity church mm -hmm. at trinity church but the inside was not featured like in real life in the film that was like there was a stand-in for that out in la and mm -hmm. so i wonder if that has a bit to do with it i wonder if it's because we don't actually spend a lot of time in inside quote unquote trinity church uh yeah. in the movie it's mostly beneath trinity church in the mm -hmm. movie. um or like i wonder what that is because just because you know we still talk to folks at like the national archives or mount vernon from the second movie or what have you and they're still they still get the questions so i kind of i wonder if, what it has to do with uh but it's yeah. interesting to know yeah interesting yeah i'm not yeah that's a, a good question i don't really know why but yeah it's um yeah, they kind of tapered off, I guess. Okay. Well, as we mentioned, we did have a Hollywood stand-in for Trinity Church for most all of the the interior shots. So I'm wondering, as an expert in Trinity Church Wall Street, if you were to watch these scenes um, that take place inside of the church, what sticks out to you as like, that is so wrong? <laughs> and if anyone knows Trinity Church, like they would know immediately this wasn't Trinity Church. Sure. So the, you know, I, when I sort of revisited the clip, I was impressed at sort of when you didn't look too much at the details, it was like, oh yeah, this is 
this is passable. Like I mentioned, it sort of had the high pointed arches kind of yeah. thing. So there was that similarity, but the things that sort of stood out to me there, A, they, there was a shot of the altar at a certain point mm -hmm. and there was none of the stained glass behind the altar, like I mentioned, oh. the, which is so imposing. The Rarados is so imposing and that also was not there. And then there was sort of also a shot, um, you know, facing the other direction and the stained glass, like, cause there's also stained glass on the North and South sides of the church, not just the East and the West. Those are the kind of big pieces, but North and South also have them. And those did not match at all. Those were like completely different than what Trinities look like. Um, and then the other thing, like, I understand this, that they made decisions for dramatic effect. Um, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily reflect what the inside of the church looks like, but they made it very like, dark and shadowy and moody looking <laughs> which makes sense but there's actually been a real push uh trinity went through a major rejuvenation um right like 2018 2019-ish and there's a real effort to make it much lighter and brighter inside um and to let sunlight come in and enhance the lighting that is inside the church so it's actually a very bright place um which is nice and not as you know musty and dusty as you think that it potentially could be so that was kind of it I, I was not like oh wow this is you know so out of left field you know what I mean like they yeah. did a, they did an okay job okay we love, yeah. love to hear it <laughs> that that's good to know yeah <laughs> um so do you happen to know if the production team for the film like wanted to film inside the church sure. at all and if so like why didn't they? I don't know for sure, uh, but I would say that uh, Trinity is still an active church. It's not just a um, tourist destination or a museum. You know what I mean? So even when there aren't services going on, there are people in the spaces to worship, to have a spiritual moment, you know, whatever. So um, it is important to uh, staff and clergy to sort of maintain a reverent space so i would imagine that that could have been part of the uh hesitation or you know the choice to decline or whatever it actually was i would imagine gotcha yeah okay uh do you I, that's something that we actually hear not in terms of uh wanting to create like the religious experience but when we talk to some of these other historical places on the podcast we often hear you know that there had to be when filming occurred it it couldn't interrupt right normal yeah. operations and i can imagine especially like you were saying in, in a church yeah. that's really hard to do yeah. when the normal operations involve like kind of full use of yeah. that space and also creating this kind of like serene environment for people to be able to yeah. you know have these spiritual moments yeah um so with that said do you know has there ever been anything like tv show movie wise or like even i guess documentary like filmed in the church I'm not 100% sure. I don't think so, because I think I would know if yeah. there was. I will say the one exception is that the the Great Gatsby, not the most recent one, but the one with like, uh, what's his face? 
uh, Paul, no, not Paul Newman, Robert Redford from the seventies or something yeah, yeah, yeah. that there, a scene of that was filmed in the North churchyard. Oh, that's so, really cool. The fact that I just know that one means that that was probably the one, you yeah. know, I think I would know if we, it would be, you know, like lore if we, if there were the, all these things filmed in the church. So, yeah, no, I think they're pretty stringent on what is filmed sort of on in the general location yeah no that makes sense um okay well that being said you know working with the hollywood stand-in for the church working with some sets that were constructed as well as you probably saw with your revisit of the film um in national treasure our characters find the crypt of a high-ranking freemason named parkington lane inside of the church so let's set the record straight are there crypts inside of Trinity Church? No. No. <laughs> no, not inside the church. Um, there are burial vaults in the churchyard. Um, people could buy exactly what it sounds like, like a vault that's basically a room underground for them and their descendants to be buried in. And as, like I mentioned, this is the third church. And every time the church was built, it was built a little larger. So at this point, there are vaults that you need to enter through by going into the church and then you can go into the vault but they were not built with the intention of being underneath the church interesting okay so that could be an inspiration point then it could be yeah yeah wow okay well inside now what we now know is Mm -hmm. a non-existent parkington lane crypt (laughs) is in the film a tunnel that leads to a deeper underground cavern thing, which eventually leads to the room that houses the Templar treasure. Um, are there tunnels or caverns beneath Trinity Church, aside from kind of what you were mentioning in terms of the places that people people could be buried? Sure. No, there are no tunnels or caverns underneath the church. <laughs> Oh darn. I know. I'm sorry to ruin all this lore, but no. I mean, it's important to set the record straight. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, but everyone loves a mysterious or secret tunnel. I know when we talk to the folks at Mount Vernon, uh they in the second movie they're the movie places a tunnel under Mount Vernon as well. And they're like, yeah, you know what ended up inspiring that? We showed the director, John Turtletob, the ice house, and it has like literally like a 10 foot tunnel next to it to just like pull the ice in and out and that was the point that inspired them to put a giant tunnel system underneath the estate like yeah mysterious and who knows where it goes it's a 10 foot tunnel yeah all right literally yeah now now you know um So, of course, National Treasure as a franchise really loves uh, the intrigue of the Freemasons as a society. And the, the, the film itself purports that the Freemasons were the ones to hide the Templar treasure beneath Trinity Church. Um, so even though there, uh, there is no tunnel system or cavern beneath Trinity Church, unfortunately, I got to imagine, especially with the church's lengthy history, that Freemasons have been somehow involved in the church's existence over the years, maybe in the construction or the reconstruction or, I don't know, history in some way. Are there any connections there that you're aware of? Yeah, so there's no official connection to the Freemasons. Like you said, it was a very common group to be a part of around, you know, those earlier New York years. But 
nothing that says the Freemasons are aligned with Trinity Church. Um, the Where you see Freemason things, I guess you could call it, is sometimes in the churchyard. Um, there will be Freemason symbolism on some of the stones. And the best example of that one is um, somebody named James Leeson. Uh, he's in the North Churchyard um, and he has an hourglass, a compass and flames rising from a vessel, uh, which are three, you know, kind of common symbols. Um, so that's the closest that we get to sort of an official connection. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Um, I was just wondering because when we talk to Independence Hall, there are also just like the little lore bits like, well, not formally was there any affiliation, but like technically the person who managed the construction of this part of the building was this guy's name. And that guy's name appears in the, the Masonic Lodge register down the street at Philly. And oh, so like yeah. maybe... <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure if somebody, yes, had, you know, took the time to go through the list of uh, the vestrymen, you know, for example, the vestry is kind of like, if you imagine sort of the board of directors of the church, I'm sure if you went through those people and you connected them with the list of Freemasons, I'm sure there would be overlap, uh, but yeah, it's just, we don't have anything official here. Got it. Yeah. Okay, well, as we begin kind of starting to wrap up here, uh, just, you know, we've asked you, I feel like, a lot of different questions about mm -hmm. Trinity Church and its portrayal in, in the films. So just kind of to summarize overall, how did you feel about the, you know, complete portrayal of Trinity Church in National Treasure? And do you think the film increased at least public awareness or interest in the site, even if not direct questions about the film? Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, I think it's all in good fun. Uh, you know, they're, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, they didn't say anything particularly disparaging about the church. So you can't, you know, fault them there. So it's not like we've talked about, it's not really based in any fact. So you know, like I said, it's fun. Um, I imagine it was chosen because it's a whole a high profile church. It's one of the older buildings in the city. So, you know, and especially, you know, we're talking when we talk about 18th or even 17th century, there's so little records about that time. So it seems very mm -hmm. mysterious to people. So I get it why they did that. Um, I'm sure that yes, there was increased interest in the church around the time that the both movies came out you know what I mean um which would be great you know what I mean I, that's if it brings more people in and they learn more about the church and the work that they're doing then I think that's great yeah so. we'll we'll certainly do our part talking up Trinity Church Wall Street as a place for um, national treasure fans to visit as this episode comes out um we've enjoyed learning about it um, ourselves, just whatever reading that we can do. But this conversation has been particularly interesting. Um, as you may know, um, here on National Treasure Hunt, we like to wrap up these conversations with um, first a speed round and then just like a final thought. So our speed round, we tailor to the location. Some of these things we've touched on already, but this is sort of like, a, okay, definitively for the record, true or false, these are some assumptions that viewers might make about Trinity Church based on what they see in National Treasure. And, you know, give us the de facto, this is the final word. Are you ready for the speed round? I think I'm ready, yeah. Okay. 
Trinity Church is located at the intersection of Wall Street and Broadway. Yes. The symbol of Trinity Church is a Trinity knot. No. Okay. What we might circle back on that. Okay. (laughs) Visitors to Trinity Church can sit in the pews. Yes. Visitors to Trinity Church might stumble upon easily accessible crypts and tunnels. No. The New York City subway runs beneath Trinity Church. Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) The land between Trinity Church has never been explored or excavated. No. And the Freemasons, did they hide a treasure beneath Trinity Church? No. Darn. (laughs) But I will say, I learned a couple things from that. What is that? What's the symbol of Trinity Church? So the Trinity knot, I was doing a little research on it, is a Celtic symbol. And yeah, I can see that now. This is not, I, but I did see them use in the, the scenes from the film. So I, I sort of understand the connection. Um, there is, I believe, one. So on the stained glass behind the altar, uh, there are some symbols in there. And the Trinity knot is up there, but it's just one of several symbols, um, you know, okay. with religious imagery, I guess. Um, we, I don't know if we have a symbol. We have a seal um, that is sort of interesting um it's an angel i'll be honest if you wanted me to read you (laughs) i can like read you an explanation of it but i don't really have it uh memorized off the top of my head but i can do that okay (laughs) okay i mean we're also always looking for sort of supplementary materials to share with our so if you want to send us any links that you'd like us to share with our social media followers or anything when this episode comes out we're happy to do that okay um also so the subway really does run beneath the church. Yes, and it's one of the issues with the um, the churchyard, you know, because obviously it is um, the stones there are deteriorating as right. all churchyards do eventually, and the the ground that it's on is rumbling all day with the subway. So you combine that with the the, the whatever you want to call it vehicle traffic going down the street with the air pollution you know and a number of other things um it certainly isn't helping preserve the the stones in the churchyard but yes it does run underneath it's so funny because they make a little mention of that during the movie um it's almost like a throwaway it's not super consequential so that's like an easy point for them to just not include because it's not terribly relevant but um wow i actually love knowing that that's legit yeah there's so many we are in an area where there's so many subway lines that sort of run through and converge in this area that it would be impossible to, we are actually, the archives are in the cellar floor. And actually right now, as I'm speaking to you, we can hear another subway line going by. (laughs) Really? Oh, wow. It's it's wild, but uh, yeah, it's weird, but it's fine. That's fine, I guess. (laughs) I guess, yeah, I guess. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I always get to uh, ask the last question here um, because it's something that I really enjoy. Um, But from your perspective, what do you hope that viewers of National Treasure take away from the film regarding either Trinity Church or just American history as a whole? Sure. So I thought that I My hope is that it inspires people to look into Trinity Church and research our history, but also what's going on here 
today. Um, so like I mentioned, in addition to being a tourist attraction, um, it's also an active church um, that's doing really, really meaningful work around the topics of housing and homelessness and racial justice. And in 2022, Trinity awarded more than $57 million in grants locally, nationally, and internationally, which is its largest grant making year ever. So wow. the work that is being done here currently is incredible. And so I hope that the film gives people insight into, you know, perhaps early New York, which I find super interesting, but also what's going on here today, because it's also really interesting and really astonishing. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. it sounds like Trinity Church just continues to be very relevant to history as it's being made as well. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what's happening today is national treasure in another 300 years. You know I, mean, I mean, if but... we have anything to do with it, this will just keep going forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. We really enjoyed hearing from you and, and learning about uh, Trinity Church Wall Street. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. Wow. I really want to go there, like, immediately. I need to be closer to it at all times. It sounds so cool. I really want to go this summer. I think we can make that happen. Yeah, let's go there this summer. I mean, I think we can prioritize this. And then we'll have so much great content for Instagram this summer. And then everyone wins. It's just, everyone wins. All of our listeners and our followers on social media. It'll be a great time. Um... This was also really cool because it's the first time we did an expert interview at a historical location of extreme national treasure relevance where there was very little actual filming. Um, and yet we still learned a lot of really relevant info. Yeah, I would say my favorite part of this episode was learning that the older of the two stained glass window panels, shall we say, is still the original stained glass from like the first version of Trinity Church. Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's wild. What about you, Aubrey? Oh, by far that the subway actually runs under the church. Yeah, that that I do have to say that was a cool like continuation of I guess, or it was cool to see that that was actually, like, represented in the movie. Right? I mean, I don't know. Here's some insider baseball for y'all. But when we write the speed round questions, there are certain ones that we write fully knowing what we expect the answer to be and, like, almost say them in a funny way because we recognize they're slightly ridiculous. This was one of the ones that I wrote fully expecting it to be, like, that was false. And then the answer really surprised me, which is probably why I liked it so much. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Well, thank you again to Marissa for joining us on this episode. We learned a lot and we hope you did too. Um, we do want to remind you that this is the final episode of National Treasure Hunt Season 6. But as always, <laughs> we're not going anywhere because Season 7 of National Treasure Hunt, that sounds wild, will begin airing around July 2023. Yes, and to keep up with us and all of our adventures, until then, please continue to follow us or start following us 
on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. Um, please also go ahead and order our book, uh, National Treasure Hunt One Step Short of Crazy at TuckerDSPress.com. So as we say every season, yeah, we're going on our seasonal hiatus, but we're not really going anywhere. So stay tuned for our next social media post, for our next bonus episode, you name it. And until then, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our National Treasure Hunt. (laughs) Thank you.